Now, how many of you would, would like God to increase His blessing upon your life? Amen. Hold them up. Let people look around. Let them see. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. You know, uh, okay, so we know that the blessing of God produces complications. Right? So uh, we talked about it last week that, uh, you, know, you know, when Shelby and I got married, our lives got more complicated. Then we, we had children. Three complications. Right? Heaven, Stephen, TJ. You know, and growth and increase it always brings complications. The, the fact is, is that the, uh, the blessing of God upon your life is going to bring complications, going to create inconveniences for you. That without the blessing, well, think about it. You know, when, when's life easy? When you ain't got nothing and you ain't got nothing to worry about. Right? But you, you want the blessing of God to come. You just got to get geared up and you got to be ready. And you just, you know, in reality, we ought to quit complaining about the blessing of God and start getting excited that life's going to even get more complicated. Right? Because, you know, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they say that the more money you make, the more complicated your taxes get. Don't you just want to take an hour or so and pray, God, complicate my life. You know, and, you know, do something major up in here, you know, and, uh, you know, but it's going to produce complications. And, and the reality is, is that that's not a bad thing. Philippians says, I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. Don't get intimidated by the complication. Just realize that God is always going to lead you into problems you can't solve, right? Battles you can't win. Situations you can't afford, but he's going with you. So you don't have to be able to win the battle. You don't have to be able to solve the problem. And you ain't got to be able to pay the bill. That's funny. You get there and everybody gets really quiet. No, you know, grow your inner man. Grow your inner man. And, and, and just, you just put your faith in God. He just told you. You know, Todd just read some great scripture to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of your kids. I'm going to take care of your house. This is God talking. This is God. This, he's not a used car salesman. You know, he's, and, and if you're a used car salesman, no offense. Okay. Been there, done that myself. I, I, matter of fact, I got to tell you, I, this is way off track. I love selling cars. Really, because, you know, helping people and, keep, you know, never mind. Okay. Here's the deal. <laughs> uh, in order for God to position you, you know, God, well, God's God, and he can bless me any way he wants, any time he wants. Okay, can you sustain it? You know, it don't do any good. I don't, my English is not going to be very good today, okay? I'm just going to talk. It, it don't do no good, okay? Uh, it, it doesn't do any good. For God to bless you if you've not developed yourself so that you could actually sustain it. Right? Because, you, you know, I've seen people, and, and, you know, I'm not being mean. I just want to get real because where we got to go today, uh, by the way, I, I, today is one of the messages. You know, a lot of times we preach and, and, and we'll teach a message, and, and we just hope that you take something out of it and apply it and find a way to put it in your life. Today, you, you, you're going to be confronted with the opportunity for application before you leave the room. So I'm, I'm jacked up. You're going to stretch today. Okay, I'm going to stretch you. Okay, you do with it what, you know, you, this is going to be between you and God and all that, but, but the deal is, is <laughs> okay, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to do some stuff to try to help you 
get positioned to sustain the blessing. And what, what, you need to, what you need to realize is that in order for God to bring things to you, he probably has to remove things from you. Right? It's Bible. He must increase, so I must decrease. Right? I got to get rid of me so I can have more of him. Right? And, and uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the circumcision of heart, Romans 2. You know, it talks about the circumcision of heart, that he would cut away. The, uh, you, you know, the, those things in our heart, it, you, want to, you want to get this mindset that God can take anything he wants so he can do everything he wants in my life. Because God's plan isn't to harm you. God's plan is to prosper you. God's plan is to give you hope where you didn't have hope. To give you a future where all you had was a nasty past. Right? God, God's, God's intention is to radically alter the course of your life. Think about it. He sent Jesus. What was he doing? Radically altering the course of mankind. And believing that we would receive, uh, you, you know, this opportunity, this, uh, we're saved by grace through faith. Well, well trust me, that in order for a covenant to be activated, there's got to be sacrifice. Jesus, you, you know, you, you get to thinking about the, the you know, how, how free salvation is. Talk to Jesus about that. Because it, it wasn't free. We're talking about a, a huge price. See, a lot of us, we're wanting God to do great big things for us. Just little tiny things in us. But in order for God to do a great work through you, he's got to be able to do a great work in you. So you, you, you just, you just got to, okay, got to embrace the fact that God's plan is huge, which means I'm probably going to experience some fairly major complications. The complications usually are when we're dealing with ourself. We focus it, you know, we project it on others and other things. But really, it, doesn't it just really come down to how you deal with you? Look at your neighbor and tell him, man, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> tell him, you, you need this more than you know. This is, this is yours today. All right. Uh, what we're going to, what we're going to attempt to create today is, is, is a moment. You know, you, you, you hear a lot of talk about defining moments. Defining moments. Uh, defining moments are awesome, but they're worthless unless there's a defining decision that's attached to them. You have a defining moment. You know, I've, I've, I've met a lot of people and, and, uh, uh, you know, the, at, at an altar that have had, uh, you know, a defining moment. They've had that breakthrough. They've had that deliverance. They didn't make it out of the parking lot. They, they, they didn't sustain what God just did. And uh, why? Well, because defining moments have got to be attached to defining decisions. And defining decisions are what alter the course of our life. Okay, uh, uh, you can have great desire. You raise your hand. I, I have desire for the increase of the blessing of God. Okay, then you have to make decisions that lead you to the place where the desires are located. Desire is a thing. A thing is always located at a place. Decisions lead to a place. And it's awesome if you make decisions that lead to the place where the thing that you desire is located. Right? So you can have great desire, godly desire, but if you don't make the godly decision that leads you to the place where the godly desire is located, you just wander around all your life filled with great desire. 
And the Bible even tells us that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So you end up upset, bothered, frustrated, mad at God. You didn't do what he said you'd do. No, you didn't go where what he said he'd do would be located. Right? Uh, he said, I have not seen, ears not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for those who love him. Prepared, made ready in advance. So if it's made ready in advance, it must be somewhere. So the blessing, think about this. Think, just think about this for a minute. That the blessing of God that has your name on it, sitting somewhere. Well, maybe if you knew where somewhere was, you could get there. If you knew where somewhere was and you could get there, maybe when you got to somewhere, you'd get something that you ain't got before you got to somewhere. Instead of wandering around someplace without something that was waiting for you somewhere. I don't want to wander all over the place without something that God has someplace. I want to go someplace and get to something that God has for me so I can take it with me everywhere I go. Right? So I've got to make decisions that take me to the place where the thing that God's prepared for me is located. I've got to make decisions. Defining decisions change everything. We make a few defining decisions, don't we? You know, uh, you know who you're going to marry. Who are you going to marry? And hopefully that's, you, you know, that's a defining decision that you realize wasn't, wasn't for two months. Right, right Bob? You've got, got a, some friends in, in the back. They're newlyweds. We're keeping an eye on you guys. <laughs> Is it the fifth? The fifth, it'll be two months that they've been married. And I, I think you've got to give them a hand. Encourage them. To... And Joe, watch them. Newlyweds. New, newlyweds. Keep an eye out. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Now, here's the deal. You make, you make a defining decision, and it changes. It alters the course of your life. And then you spend the rest of your life managing those defining decisions. Right? And, uh, you know, those decisions are awesome, but you've got to make them. And any time you make a decision, uh, remember the word decision comes from the same word where we get the word incision. And the word decision simply means to cut away. When you walk up to the counter and, and, you know, at lunch today and you order, you know, uh, off of the items that are listed there, you're actually, you, you know, you, you think you're selecting one. No, you're cutting out everything else. Well, or a few other things, right? Because you, you, you're, you're cutting away. It's a decision. And the defining decision cuts away all other options. When you made the decision, uh, remember that song that we used to sing, I Have Decided. To follow Jesus. So, in other words, every other thing that you used to follow should have been cut away. Should be gone now. Why? Because you've made a decision to follow Christ. What does that mean? That means, according to Matthew 6, 33, you know, that you'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His way of doing things, His way of being right. What does it mean to God to do this? God, how would you do this? Now, you know, what we do a lot of times is that we, we, we take all of the stuff that we want and we present it to God. And then we, we, we're, we're really presumptuous, aren't we? We even tell God how we want him to do it. That's not looking for his way. You know, you know what? I've got to tell you something. According to Isaiah, his ways aren't your ways. His ways are higher. And a lot of times, you know, where we get messed up is that we don't. We don't realize that God, God's going to answer your prayer, but he ain't going to do it the way you think he should. I, I, look, I, I know it's first service, but come on. Help me. Help me. Okay? So you've got to make these defining decisions, and one of them is 
to do it God's way. He just read, you know, when you're doing it your way, it's not going to work. Come on, guys, it's not going to work. You, 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 uh, you ready for this some scripture? Look at Genesis 28. Genesis 28, starting in verse 10. I'm going to read a little scripture this morning. Jacob left Beersheba, traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against, and he lay down to sleep. And as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. And at the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you're lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They'll spread out in all directions to the west, the east, the north, the south, and all the families of the earth. Look at that. What a promise. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I'm with you. What a great promise. You know, aren't you glad the Bible says that all the promises of God and him are yes and amen? So you, you can take this for you. He said, I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. One day, I'm bringing you back, Jacob, to this land, and I'll not leave you. Listen to this one. I'll not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I promised you. What, My Lord, so, uh, if you write in your Bible, you ought to underline that one. If you don't write in your Bible, snag your neighbors and highlight theirs. What a great promise. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised. Wow. Go to verse, yeah. Then Jacob woke up. Wouldn't that wake you up? You know, God shows up and he's telling you this stuff. Wouldn't that kind of wake you up? Wow. And and Jacob said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. Ever been there? Ever been in a spot where you thought, man, I'm just going to bed. And you wake up and you realize God's here. Oh, come on. That's what we're praying today will happen is that you'll wake up and realize, oh, wait, God's got me right where he wants me. He's making me a promise, right? God's making me a promise. He's, it's an invitation for covenant. And Jacob woke up. Surely the Lord is in this place. I wasn't even aware of it. And he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the gateway to heaven. Okay? And the next morning, he got up really early. Now, here's just a thought. He went back to sleep. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, He woke up, and then then he gets up early the next morning. He took the stone he had rested his head against. He set it upright as a memorial pillar, and he poured olive oil on it. And he named that place Bethel, which means the house of God, although the name of the nearby village was Luz. Luz. Without a visitation from God, all you're going to do is lose. Then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, if he will provide me with food and clothing, if I'll return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I've set up will become a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Jacob makes a vow. So right about now, I can tell by the look on your face, you realize he's talking about money. We should have went to Dairy Queen. (laughs) 
Gotcha. Okay, now here's the deal. Seven and a half years. I don't know. This might be the actual first message I've taught on tithing. Uh, but I, but I, want you to get, I want you to get away from that thought for just a minute. Because uh, what I want you to realize is that, uh, you know, we're believing God for some big things. Amen? I mean, as a body, we're believing God for some big things, guys. Uh, we're going to do some things we can't do without God. And, and on, on, the, on the Facebook page, I don't know if you're into that or not, but on the Facebook page for the church, there's, uh, there's a place there where people have been listing what they're believing God for. They're believing God for big things in their lives. I mean, there's, there's a lot of big requests out there. And a lot of you, you know, you, you're believing God for some big things that you haven't really shared with everybody else. And listen, it's cool to believe God for big things. But realize that a big blessing is going to bring a big complication. Right? And a covenant, covenant, man, man, God, God will bring you into covenant. But I've got to tell you something, covenant is going to complicate your life. Okay, we we talked last week about inconveniences and you know being people who are all in. I got to tell you something that, that this will this will inconvenience your life, won't it? But but look at what he said. He, he said, uh, if God is with me and protects me, provides me food and clothing, if I get back safe, you're going to be my God, and this will become a place where I worship God. And I will give God a tenth of everything He gives me. There's got to be a paradigm shift where you realize that everything you got, God gave you. I said everything you have is from God. So it's really not like you're giving God something, but you're finally owning up to the fact that God gave you something. Think about this trip. Jacob's not on a day trip. This is 546 miles. That's at least a month by camel. Considering that the average person didn't travel over 35 miles from their birthplace, this is an epic journey that he's on. He's headed to Haran. And, you know, and if you know your Bible history, you realize that what he's actually doing is retracing his grandfather's footsteps. You read about it in Genesis 12. Remember when Abraham made his defining decision. God spoke to him and said, pack up and leave. I'm taking you out of here, away from your family, away from your kindred, taking you to a place you ain't never heard of, you ain't never been there. But we're going. And Abraham got up and he went. And, you know, think about this for just a minute. Jacob spent his entire childhood listening to the stories about his grandfather's great adventure. And the life story of, of his father and his grandfather, but Jacob made a decision to engage in his own life story. You know, he couldn't live off his grandma's covenant. He couldn't live off of his grandpa's experience. Their journeys were awesome, but they were also theirs. You know, i got to tell you something about my dad. My dad was an awesome man of God, but I can't live off of his relationship. I have to have my own, right? God don't have no grandkids. So you don't get to live off of somebody else's experience. You got to build it yourself. You got you to engage in it yourself. You are a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. You're not a grandkid that's sweeping in off the coattails of somebody else. You've got to have your own thing rolling. Look at somebody and say, see, I told you this was all for you. Tell them. 
Okay, so, you know, back on, back on Jake's trip. Uh, God shows up at mile marker 58 and offers a covenant relationship to Jacob. And it says in verse 16 that Jacob awoke from his sleep. He comes awake. This is the moment for his dream to be changed into destiny. Before this, he couldn't see God anywhere. Now, he sees God everywhere. This place is awesome. God's everywhere. Well, just a few minutes ago, it was just lose. But now, it's the house of God. He, uh, you know, he was, re- you know, he was a he was a messed up guy. Remember Jacob? He had. A, you remember his brother Esau, his hairy brother. The Bible says that you know he was a hairy man. Uh, he he was a man's man. Jacob was a mama's boy. Daddy played favorites. Jacob had issues, insecurity on steroids. Man, always looking over his shoulder, always, uh, you know, afraid that the, uh, you know, the boogeyman's going to get him. Always. This guy lived in fear, had phobias every place. But he comes to this place, and all of a sudden, there is a moment where, where he's getting this opportunity. And, and the thing that's awesome about it is that, and probably because of all that insecurity and all of those negative thoughts, uh, nobody else in the Bible, I, I don't believe you can find anybody else who had a greater desire than Jacob to be blessed. His desire was huge. Uh, Jacob didn't, he, he didn't care much for his name. You know, maybe your mom and dad named you something and you wish it was different. Jacob's name means deceiver. Okay? Yeah, I mean, picture this. Every time his dad flew, you know, threw open the, the, the tent curtain and stepped out to call him for dinner. Hey, little cheat! <laughs> you know, uh, guys, you know... He wanted to be blessed so bad, he deceived his father and his brother and stole his brother's blessing. Remember, you can read about it in Genesis where he, he, he got in a wrestling match with God. His hip is out of joint, and, but he won't let go, and he hangs on, and he tells God, he says, I will not let go till you bless me. This guy wanted a blessing. You raised your hand. You said you want one. Oh, I got a question for you. Are you ready to wrestle with God? I didn't get, you know, in my mind I pictured a bunch of, amen, but I didn't, get, I didn't even get one. You know. you know what's crazy is that Jacob didn't know how bad God wanted to bless him. Jacob thought, you know, that he, he had this great desire to be blessed. He didn't realize God's great desire to bless him. I think that's where a lot of us are. We don't realize that all we've got to do is position ourselves for the blessing. You know, I said all we've got to do is position ourselves for the blessing. 1929 B.C., Jacob makes a vow. You know what we're going to do today? We're going to challenge you to make a vow. Uh, we, we think that we ought to do what they did in the Bible. Again, I thought I'd get an amen there. I, I, I think as Bible-believing people that we ought to live like they lived. You know, get past that T-shirt and bumper sticker and, and live this thing. You, you know, here's the deal. Uh, faith 
comes by hearing, right? Romans ten seventeen comes by hearing. So you've got to hear it. It's, it, it is uh, energized when you begin to speak it, when you begin to say what God says, right? But according to James, it's worthless until you begin to do. So you hear it, you speak it, and you do it. And when you get to that place, man, I'm going to tell you something. Katie, bar the door. I'm, I'm serious, man. Just buckle up, Betty, because we're on a ride now. Because uh, we're, we're not just hearing it. You know, how many people hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear? But, 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 but you listen to the conversation, and it ain't never changed. The confession, you know, uh, uh, faith communicates. The communication of your faith becomes affected by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. That's King James Version. You, you know, you, you got to line up your confession. You start saying what God says. Some of you guys need to knock off complaining about everything and pointing out everything that's negative and everything that's wrong, and you ought to start actually talking like a believer. Okay? Just being pastoral. And then you got to start doing what it tells you to do. See, we think that we ought to make a vow today, that we, that, that we, ought, to, we ought to do something just a little bit different. That, you know, a vow. It's not, we're not talking about making a promise to God. We're talking about a vow, a covenant relationship. See, we don't have a contract with God. A contract is a binding agreement entered into by two or more individuals based upon a mutual distrust. That's why you sign the paper when you buy in the car, because they know somebody's lying to somebody. <laughs> and usually it was them to you. Okay. Okay. A covenant, a covenant differs. It's a legal binding agreement entered into by two or more individuals based upon mutual commitment. You're in, a, you're in a covenant with God. There's commitments, right? And, and, and really, that's what a vow is, is it, is it comes to God, and it's got, it's got terms. You know, there's, there's really two aspects of a vow, and, and one of them is that, that it has a beginning and an ending. Some vows are for a lifetime, right? When Shelby and I, you know, when we walked down the aisle, it, we, we didn't have a six-month agreement, right, till death do us part, Right? So her only hope is that she can figure out how to kill me. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, but 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 this this one, you know, this was a uh, this was a, a, a you know he he set a time a time limit on on his vow, and uh, you know his was a one thousand ninety two mile agreement, five hundred and forty six miles each way. That's what he said. He said God, if you go with me and I make it back. So he, he set he set a he, he set a you know he set a timeline, um, and and the second aspect of a vow is that it according to Jewish tradition it's either uh, a giving of something or the giving up of something, but it means to sacrifice or abstain. Uh, it, it's to create a God habit. A God habit. Um, I do need to give you full disclosure this morning. Deuteronomy twenty three twenty one through twenty three. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, be prompt in fulfilling whatever you promised him. For the Lord your God demands that you promptly fulfill all your vows or you'll be guilty of sin. It's not sin to refrain from making a vow. But once you have voluntarily made a vow, be careful to fulfill your promise to the Lord your God. So it's kind of like we just read you your, your Miranda rights. And, and you've you got to realize that, uh, uh, you know, you make a vow to God. This is serious stuff. 
I said, this is serious stuff. Matter of fact, uh, and, and, you know, because time's slipping away, and I'll get to, I'll get to rolling here in a minute. And uh, uh, so just so you understand, in, in a moment, the, the ushers are going to come. They're going to bring you these little cards. We're, we're going to ask you to make a covenant. Now, now, you know, husbands and wives, you need to be in agreement. If you're not in agreement, you need to go home and get in agreement. And if one of them says, I want to do it, and the other one says, I don't, please wait until you both do. Hello? Get in agreement. Right? Some of you guys say, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm already a tither. Uh, uh, renew the covenant. And, and, and just expect God. Uh, uh, by the way, why would you stay at 10%? Um, I can't remember how many years ago. It was a bunch. Probably 23, 24 years ago. I don't think Evan was born. Was he? I don't know. Uh, we, we were doing camp meeting. Uh, my dad used to do a lot of camp meetings. And uh, uh, we, uh, he, we had a speaker, and his name was Colonel Bottomley. Colonel Bottomley had flown. Uh, he was a pilot, jet pilot, fighter pilot. He had flown more missions than any other pilot in history up to that point. I don't know if he's, it's been changed. Uh, but he, he shared a story how that one summer, you know, uh, they were kind of poor, and uh, his father had all the kids. He had a lot of siblings, and his father had all the kids go to work during the summer, and they earned their own money to buy their own school clothes. And so he and a bunch of friends from school, they, they went out looking for jobs, and and uh, uh, they were trying to get, you know, out of the fields. You know, they didn't want to, they didn't, you know, trying to, you know, man, we don't want to buck hail somewhere. Let's try to find something. So they, they went into town. They found a guy who had a, uh, a, a retail business, and he, he was hiring uh, truck washers. He had delivery trucks, and he brought them in. And, and, and uh, he told the guys, he said, uh, uh, for every truck you get clean, I'm going to give you a $100 bill. And, man, i got to tell you, this is back in the day, okay, so th- this was a bunch of money. This, this was way more than they could ever make out in the field. So, the, you know, a bunch of them signed up, and they went to work. And the first day, you know, uh, uh, bottomly, he washed his truck, and the guy came out, the owner came out, and he climbed up in the cab, and he just simply put the sun visor down. There was dust up in there. And he says, thanks, better luck next time. And just he turned around and walked off. So he'd spent the day washing his truck, got nothing. And, and, and this went, you know, day after day after day. After about a week, all the other guys had quit and went back out to the fields. But bottomly, he's hanging in there. And he's like, man, I'm going to get me $100 because, you know, all I got to do is get one truck clean. And, uh, you know, and I'm golden. I've got, I got, got it made. And so he just, keep, he just hangs in there. And every day, you know, and he, he, he developed the story because he had more time than I do. But, you know, he, uh, he, he, he got to the point. He said, you know, finally, yeah, the guy was coming out, and he'd take a pin, and he'd go pick out gravel out of the tread on the tires. And, and you know, he'd open up the hood and get down, you know, and find grease on a belt. And, but bottomly refused to quit. And finally one day, it was right near the end of the summer, he brought the owner out, and the owner goes over everything, and, and uh, uh, he looks at it. And he studies it, and he says, okay, come in my office. I want you to sit down there. And he went to a safe behind the desk. He opens it up, and he pulls out a $100 bill. And he says, before I give this to you, I just want to tell you something. And he taught him on persistence. And, uh, and that's what he taught on. But the cool thing, see, about that story is that the, the, the man that, that taught him that, uh, his name was J.C. Penny. And J.C. Penny didn't live off 10% or, you know, or off of 90% and give 10. He lived off 10% and gave 90. And J.C. Penny had made God uh, a majority owner of his business when he started it. And I got to tell you some of the stuff that he went through. J.C. Penny, J.C. Penny lost his mind. It, you know, he, it, you know, in the during the, uh, the during the Great Depression, and, and uh, it, you know, and he 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 took a loan against his life insurance policy to pay payroll. 
and, and, and it broke him, and he ended up in an insane asylum. But a group, a bunch of Christian people went in there, and they were singing a song called, My God Will Take Care of Thee. And he heard that song and stood and said, That's right. And he went back out and rebuilt the, the thing. He, guys, this guy had an amazing uh, blessing on his life. I don't intend to stay at 10%. Matter of fact, I think life really gets fun when you break over that. You know, and, and, and think about it, you, you know, a lot of times we're, we're thinking that this is, you know, man, this is huge. Well, you know, it, it's really dependent, isn't it, upon the inner man? Hello? I said, isn't it more dependent upon the inner man? I, I got a scripture here I'll read you in a minute as soon as my thing unlocks. Um, where is that scripture? Proverbs sixteen nine. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Take that scripture and break it down. You know what it really means? That a man's heart, who, who's responsible for that? The man. That as a man, as a man develops his inner man, it's talking about your inner man. But as you develop your inner man, you're actually unfolding the plan of God in your life. And then God will direct your steps. But God can't give big steps to a little man. So you develop your inner man, you get a big man, and now what used to be a big step ain't that big of a deal anymore. Right? God, can, God can lead you to a place where you're making giant steps if you just have a giant man. I've got to tell you something. To make a vow to God and say, okay, I'm going to give you 10% of everything you give me. Really? That's a big step? This is a big step to give God 10% of everything he gives you? Well, what if he just stops giving you anything then? See, I think you ought to shift your focus, because here's what we're believing. We're believing that one day, not next week, but one day, some of you will be making more uh, than, than you've ever dreamed. Here's what I believe. I believe that one day you'll be given more than you made this year. See, when we talk to God about what we're going to do out here on the property and the buildings we're going to build, and I, I mean, I get serious. I'm talking to God, and, and I'm saying, God, you're going to bring us some rich folk, right? And God says, nope. I'd rather make these folks rich. He's talking about you. Well, how you gonna, I mean, you, you, you need to shift your thinking. You need to realize that, that he who has begun a good work in you is going to continue to perform it. In other words, he ain't done, man. Where you are currently is, does not compare to your end result. Your end result is going to be better than your current condition. Don't accept where you are as your life sentence. No, man, this is your birthing place. And today, you know, as you make this covenant to God, you're just going to make a covenant with God. Man, uh, this is going to kind of grow. I've told you, you get this opportunity to stretch. And you can sit there and you can think, well, he's just after our money. I've got to tell you something. God don't need your money. And I don't get your money. So, well, why are we doing this? Because what God's really after is your heart. See, in Matthew, it says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart's at. You want to find out how you're doing spiritually? Check out your finances. You know, and, and, and you know, a lot of a lot of times, uh, you know, our, our giving. Uh, you know, we we talk about our giving. Well, I give God. How do you give God anything? Everything you've got is from God. And remember the covenant. He said, "Out of everything you give me, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back a you know a ten percent, a, a, a tenth, a tithe." 
A tithe. The, the, the biblical word is tithe. It's not 8%. It's 10. It's not 12%. It's 10. But I don't think you have to stay there. I think giving starts when you go above that, and that's where life really kicks in. But it's also, you know, and, and I have to hurry just because of time. It's also biblical. The biblical term is first fruit. Okay? First fruit. First fruit. Not last fruit. You know, the, the, they go out to the field and they grab, you know, and they gather in all the first fruit and they take that directly. They didn't even get it collected all. They, they, they took the first fruit in and, and took it to the house of God. And, uh, you know, can you imagine having God come into your, to, to your home for dinner? Number one, if you knew God was coming tonight, don't you think you, how many, come on, ladies, get real. How many would go home and clean? You know, uh, I know people that have house cleaners come, and they clean before the house cleaner gets there. Okay? Uh, you, you know, now God's coming. Trust me, you're going to spend some time. Could you imagine God coming to your house? And you guys, you know, you, you, you get him in there, and you're so, <laughs> he's here. He's in the driveway. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you're calling your neighbors and hanging up on them just so that they'll see the... ID and then look out the window and see God in your driveway. Oh man, this is rocking! And, and you get him in there and oh, we're so glad you're here and wow, we've been looking forward to this. This is awesome, man! We've prepared this incredible meal. You're gonna love it. What we want you to do is sit here in the living room. We're gonna go in the dining room. We're gonna eat first, and when we're done, we'll bring you in there. got any takers well what's crazy is that a lot of us that's how we live because we make sure we're covered first and then we bring it to God so you're giving God your leftovers I got to tell you something I'm believing God for big things in your life Huge. But I think you're going to have to do it God's way. You know, you, whether you believe it or not, Todd and I don't hook up beforehand and tell each other our scriptures. So he comes up here before I start, and God says, don't do it your way. Now you can come up with all the arguments and all the excuses you want, but I'm going to tell you something. That when you grow spiritually, when you get mature, you just realize, I need to get in a covenant with God. Guys, will you go ahead and hand these out? Just let them come down. If you're, not in a, if you're not in agreement, don't do it. But what we want you to do is we want you to put your name on it. You're not making a promise to the church. You're making a covenant with God. And, and I want you to, you know, he said, here's what, I know, here's what I want you to do, God. You know, if you'll take me on this journey, if you'll get me there, and, and you'll get me back, you put food on, on the table and clothing on my back, and you keep me safe, then, then you'll be my God. And how did, he, how did he define you'll be my God? He said, I'll give you a tenth of everything that you give me. Okay? So, but he defined the terms, and he had some things that he was believing God for. You hear me? He had some things he was believing God for. I want you to write down what you're believing God for. See, we're, we're, a lot of times, you know, you're, you've heard the, 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 the term sow and seed. Well, sow it, don't throw it, right? Don't just throw seed, sow seed. Uh, you know, talk to Al afterwards. Al knew what every seed he put in the ground was going to produce, didn't you? Do you ever just take seed out and go, good luck? 
You know, to see what, no, no, you know what your seed is. Well, what we want to do is we want to covenant with you because we're going to pray every single day over what you're believing God for. Now, the Bible says if any two of you agree on earth is touching anything, I guarantee you my father's going to go to work on your behalf. We're believing God for some pretty big things. Write it down. And you know what? If you can today and you're in agreement and you got that card and we're going to pray over them and then we're going to collect them. If you need to take it home and get together with the spouse and pray. And if you're not ready, if you're just digging your heels and say, I just don't think that's God, then don't, don't do it. Because if you make a vow to God, you got to keep it. And we're going to define the time. I'm just asking you to do it for one year. Just one year. You know, maybe some of you guys are, well, I, I, we already tithe. Uh, well, renew the vow. That's going to be easy then. Some of you guys never have. You, you know, do it one year. How many of you guys have ever, ever been on a diet for a day? So I, I do that quite often. I, I diet real hard for a day. You know, or, or, or you hit the gym, hit, hit, hit the gym for a week. What's that do? Nothing. Right? Well, you need some time for God to operate. And uh, uh, what we want you to do is to believe God, but to release and to activate the insane power of covenant. Because God said, I will not leave you until everything I've promised is done. Not a great promise. You know, if you, if you got that card, and, and, and I hope you're writing. If you got it, again, I get here to the end, and I start rushing because I'm out of time, because I, I want to respect you. But So if you need to take it home, that's great. But would you do me a favor? Would you just hold it in your hand? I just want to pray over it. And then we're going to collect it. Father, today we come to you. We're, we're your children. God, we, we want to unleash supernatural power. God, the anointing that doesn't just break things but destroys it. God, you said that you would put a stop to the devourer if we brought the tithe in. That you'd cause the fruit to grow and the barns to be filled. God, even in Jacob's life, at the end, at the end of his story, when he got back, he said, I left and all I had was a stick in my hand, and I came back, and now I had, it takes two camps to contain all of your blessing. God, we just thank you that when we enter in covenant with you, our end is always going to be better than our current condition. But I pray for every person here today that's renewing or birthing covenant with you. God, we realize that when the blessing comes, so does, you know, inconvenience. But, God, we want to be complicated uh, by you so we can be effective for you. So I just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Go ahead, guys. They're just going to pass the buckets and and just put that in there because we we really do. We're going to pray every single day. While they're picking that up, I want you to get ready because I want to, just before we leave, I want to pray one more prayer together. 
And, uh, and I just want to ask you guys, if you're here today, and just uh, don't worry, we're not going to have anybody stand up or, you know, we're not calling anybody forward. But if you're here today, and may, I don't know, maybe you've never gotten real with God, so it would be kind of hard for God to be real with you. Maybe, maybe you've never received a real relationship. The Bible says that God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Today, uh, before you leave this place, if, if you're not right with God, why not accept the invitation to, to, to let God renew relationship, birth relationship with you? Well, if you would, just out of respect for others, would you just close your eyes and bow your head for just a minute? And if you're here today and you say, you know what, Tom, I, I need real relationship with God. I want to make this my prayer. If that's you, would you hold your hand up real high so I, just so I can see it? Again, we're not going to call you out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down. Anybody else? Just That's awesome. That is awesome. You know, really, God brought you here today for this purpose. He wants relationship. Anybody else, you just want to make this your prayer today? Say, okay, Pastor, that's me. I, I, I'm ready for God. I want God to do a work in my life. We're going to pray. I want everybody in the room pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Use my life 